Hey everyone, I'm here, Abadesi, founder of Hustle Crew, joined by my co-host Michael Bahane of peopleofcolorintech.com and we're back. And we're not just back, but we are in a brand new destination. Yes, we are actually. Where are we? You told the audience. Uh, I'm in the place where one has an empire state of mind. Okay. Also known as the big large fruit. I haven't got any of <laughs> New Orleans, guys, in case you were wondering. <laughs> we are in New York, joined by a very esteemed guest, mm-hmm. Sarah Cooper. Mm-hmm. I'm just so like happy that's why because we don't normally have guests of this caliber I know and we're normally like not on this side of the pond so lots of new and exciting things so where do we begin comedian former googler yeah sure hilarious best-selling author writer author yeah like go to amazon get her books now yes please go to amazon (laughs) I will say that yes definitely Um, yeah, I mean, we're just, we're grateful to have you here. Maybe you could start us off by telling us a bit about what you're working on right now and what people can look forward to and what they're, yeah, what you're What's dropping about. soon. Yeah. <laughs> so my new book Woo. is called How to Be Successful Without Hurting Men's Feelings. This is a very important thing in tech, particularly. <laughs> it's a very sarcastic, very satirical, tongue-in-cheek guide for women to be less threatening. Oops, sorry Oops. about that, my oh phone. My gosh. <laughs> that was very threatening. <laughs> the men heard us and they were like, <laughs> so aggressive right now. Apologies. Um, and so, yeah, it's coming out October 30th. And that's kind of my life right now for the next four weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. So for people who perhaps aren't familiar with you, although they should be because you've got like tens of thousands of followers and you're like super awesome. Mm-hmm. But for the few people who've been living under a rock and stuff, tell us a bit about like how you ended up where you are now because you you are an ex-Googler, Zoogler, whatever Zoogler. you guys call yourselves. Yep. Um, so, yeah, what's the story? Well, I started doing comedy before I joined Google. Oh, awesome. Mm. And uh, Google was actually my fallback job oh. from failing at comedy. As you do. <laughs> because I was in debt. Um, <laughs> in a job. Keep it real. We'd a like job. Real job. <laughs> and so they called me and they were like, yeah, we'd like to offer you a job. And I was like, that's great. I can get out of debt. But also I was giving up my dream of Aww. being an entertainer. Mm. And uh, it worked out, though, because Google is a super fun place to work. Amazing. And, you know, as far as like jobs you have to do, it's a mm. good job to have to do. Um, but I kept doing comedy and I was doing stand up at night and uh, stand up during meetings. No. Um, <laughs> stand up during my stand ups. Google Plus. Yeah. Um, Google Say no Plus. more. Hey. <laughs> was that your project? Were you, on, were you covering no, that? that. <laughs> um, I had a joke about that though. I was like, they named it You Can Plus One on Google because mm. that's oh. the only place that software engineers will ever have a plus one. Oh, <laughs> no. Michael's a Code, yeah, but code, that hurts. <laughs> I'm a reformed coder. I, I very rarely code that's these only, days. That's the only the second time I've ever told that joke because every time I tell it, people go, oh. And my husband's a software engineer. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I, I do have to, to rag on him a bit. But anyway, so I kept uh, I kept doing it and then I started writing jokes about working at Google. And mm. I love that. wrote a post called 10 Tricks to Appear Smart in Meetings, which was a lot based on what I saw my fellow Googlers doing in meetings. And that went crazy viral mm. and um, decided to pursue it. And That's amazing. writing. Yeah. That must have got so political though, like when you dispatch that blog like people thinking oh my how dare you like that's me like I was I'm your pretty, boss I was pretty terrified wow. yeah. um, I didn't want my co-workers to think I was making fun of them yeah I was like totally making Blatantly. fun of them. of course yeah 
Um, and so I was scared to put it out there, but it was totally fine. Amazing. Everybody thought it was hysterical. People were coming up to me like, you know what I do in meetings? Can you put this in your next post? Because <laughs> yeah. I think it's really funny. Um, this one guy always showed up late to his own meetings, and he was just like, that's a power move. You uh-huh. schedule a meeting, and then you show up late, and no one can start without you, and then you just seem so important. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That is ridiculous. Oh, that Lord. is the most egotistical, ridiculous oh, yeah. thing I wouldn't I've ever have that. I'd be like, guys, at the beginning, I don't give a damn. Like, I would like, just how walk out. You Do you remember when you were at school and like, if the teacher hadn't shown up before like the first right. 15 yeah. minutes, you <laughs> yeah, to leave. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. just leave that guy's meeting. Like, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And then uh, two weeks after I came out, I was in a meeting and... Um, a VP was pacing around the room, which is one of the tricks to appear smart. And oh. then he asked the presenter to go back a slide at the same time. Oh my god! And then he looked over at me and he winked. Uh, and I was like, no. oh my gosh, so this is true. This is really how you become Power a VP move. at Google. Oh, wow. That is insane. Yeah, so that is this actually turned out to be totally fine. What I love about these stories that you're sharing is that I feel like I often get imposter syndrome. Um, oh, yeah. Mm. And it's incredible because we've just been at this tech conference in Philly all week. And like Arlen Hamilton, who's one of my idols, was also talking about her imposter syndrome. And then we had like Jenna Jorgensen, who's like super senior at Microsoft, talking about that. And I was like, wow, there are so many incredible women in this industry where we're a minority that always feel like we're like faking it and we've not made it yet. And what's incredible about these stories you're sharing is that you're kind of exposing the fact that even people that seem like they're super confident have got it together are like not and mm-hmm. like a lot of what got them there are just these like super basic power moves and power plays and and tricks of the trade. Yeah. Um, well, I think that some of it is like some of it's genuine. Yeah. Mm. At, at a certain level, but then I think like middle managers are just imitating a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They're imitating and so it does come off as like, oh, you're just kind of being a douche at this yeah. point. You're not actually taking notes, you're just you know, scribbling something to make it look like you're paying attention. So, yes. Yeah. And can we talk a bit about like comedy as a force for change? So both Michael and I do a lot of stuff around inclusion and diversity, mm-hmm. you know, through people of color and tech and through Hustle Crew. We're trying to use content and education to to change the world for the better or, you know, more into what we would like it to be like. How do you see your role as a comedian doing that and changing the world? Wow. Well, I am changing the world. We have like small questions in this podcast, you know, we just take it easy, like it's very lightweight questions here. It's so so funny because like everybody in tech is like, well, we're changing the world. (laughs) We are are changing. And it's like everything you're doing has to be having this giant impact. And so I just kind of wanted to make stuff funny. I just wanted to make people laugh. And then I got... You know, I started getting emails like, oh, I noticed I do this in meetings and I noticed I say this and I might not do that anymore because I realize it now from what you wrote. And so I I guess I like that a lot more because I don't like lecturing people or telling Amazing. people what to do. But if I can point out what's going on in a, a funny way, then maybe people can change and can decide to change on their own. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about comedy is it's not... It, it's it's not telling people what to do. It's just exposing and kind of holding up a mirror to something. Amazing. Um, one of the things that we talk a lot about on our podcast, lots of people are aspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, etc., is you know that fear of public speaking, putting yourself out there, standing up in front of a big audience. At what moment did you realize? You said you've been doing comedy since you were really young. So at, moment, at what moment did you realize? I really enjoy doing this and I'm going to do more of this because it's kind of terrifying. I can't yeah. imagine. What was that first 
stand-up yeah. performance like? Yeah, everybody was like, you had, you must have been so brave. <laughs> and I was very brave, but I was also drunk. very drunk. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. I was going to cut you off there. Yeah, drunk. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I had like six or eight beers. Amazing. I was like really, really, really drunk. I have a video of it. I watched, I watched it again like a few weeks ago. Cool. Um, yeah, but it's still hard. It's still hard to get up and talk. Mm. It, every day I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Oh. I, I'm quitting. Like I had a show last night and right before I was like, this is it. This is my last <laughs> show. I can't do this anymore. Um, it's very stressful and I have the imposter syndrome too. You know, it's just like I never feel like a real, like it took me two years of doing writing and comedy to finally say, I'm a writer and comedian. Wow. People ask me, what do I do? It's so much easier when you have a job and it's like, here's your title. So people yeah. ask you what you do, you can just say that. But when you're doing something on your own, you're not really sure and it's it, like not very well defined. Mm. I'm blogging. I make yeah. videos. I don't know what I do. So yeah, it took a long time. And like, yeah. obviously people's reactions must change. Like, you know, you're having a small talk with somebody and they ask yeah. you what you do. Like, yeah. how do people's faces look when you say, I'm a like, writer, comedian? Are they like, that's not a real job? They're, or is it like... Yeah, they're pretty confused. They're like, how did that happen? <laughs> like, I have a giant bruise on my face or something that I, I need to explain. They're just not... It just doesn't make any sense, which is weird because sometimes people say like, I'm a technologist. And I'm like, that's confusing. Yeah. I don't know what that means. That is fake. <laughs> writer <laughs> writer so and comedian fake. seems so much simpler than like, I'm a marketing technologist yeah. and I, I manage customer success stories. I'm like, what are, what are you saying? Speak English. Yeah. So much jargon. I'm a futurist. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite. Wow. Is that a job? That is a job, yeah. You, you get job. to talk about the future and stuff, I think. I, I Maybe because if your job title is ambiguous enough, you can get away with doing nothing. That's what it I is. I think that's true too. And if you're, it's ambiguous enough, people are scared to say, I don't understand what yeah. you mean. So they yeah. just nod along. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another small topic, comedy in the era of Trump. Do you think your face grimaced there? Well, as soon as I mentioned that man's name. Yeah. Like you think the role of comedy changes in like when we have such tumultuous times or is there like a more of an obligation on comedians to like actually like, shoot down at shoot up at power or I don't know it it's definitely changed and I'll tell you how I think it's changed is there was a show called the Colbert Report yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, we're British we're not like completely stupid like, yeah. we're, like, we're not it's, we have yeah. YouTube we have YouTube well, I don't know if you guys get everything 20 years later oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no um he predicted Trump because basically everything that he did as a, as a satire mm. is what people are actually doing now. Wow. Yeah. And so the difference between satire and reality is mm-hmm. just, it seems like there's no difference between it. I read some things and I'm like, is this the onion? Because yeah. it just seems so crazy ridiculous. So I just feel like there is a need for like earnest comedy now. There's yes. a need for truth more than the need for like what Colbert used to do, which has actually become the thing that he was making fun of. I don't know if we can really get away with that as much now. I don't know if we could get away of just a, a Trump character because Trump is such a character already. Yeah. It's just like impossible to top him. You can't top him. Uh, yeah, it, that's, so, that's so interesting. Like he has made the absurd a reality. Yes. And you couldn't really say anything that he may have said or done. And I, I will just default believe everything now because I'm just like, oh, it sounds like something you could say. It yep. might be like, oh, he like flashed a group of tourists on top of the Empire State Building. There, be like, no, oh, there's a video of him getting onto Air Force One and he has um, oh, toilet that. paper <sighs> on the bottom of his shoe. Oh, good Lord. And as he's walking up, this toilet paper is waving <laughs> in the wind. I literally thought, this is CG. Yeah. It's like it a can't metaphor. be real. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And it was real. And that would have been a joke Colbert would have made yeah. 10 years ago about toilet paper stuck to the president's <laughs> shoe as he's walking onto Air Force One. That's crazy. These are the times we live in. Do you now. remember when Obama's like tan suit was like the biggest like deal ever? Everyone's like, oh my God, he's got a tan suit. He's disrespecting the office. Yeah. And like, now we've got a guy with tissue coming <laughs> up his shoe. Like, and it's not even a story. Yeah, it's not even it's a story. It's not even a story. He's yeah. just like bombarding us with so much crap that we're just like... Overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. overwhelmed. Like, it's well, kind of crazy. We've spoken on the podcast before about you know, the ridiculous double standards in our society, like the various privileges that some people enjoy and mm-hmm. others don't and the mm-hmm. judgment that comes with that. I'm curious yeah. about your perspective of being a woman comedian because comedy is patriarchal AF. Um, as the world is, I guess. <laughs> as the world yeah. is. So what is it like to be uh, a female comedian you know, similar to maybe like being a woman in tech, do you feel that there are like additional barriers you face that perhaps your male peers aren't experiencing? Well, you know, I just think it's a really tough time for white men right now. Yeah, I think so that different. we really need a, yeah. a moment of silence for them, okay, especially yeah. the ri- especially rich old white yeah. men. Yeah, oh, sure. like, we're going to edit in one minute of pure silence right now. Yeah, yeah. silence yeah. for them. Hand in your chest right now, everyone, guys. The struggle is real for them, and I just want to say I'm with you, brothers. We're thinking of you. <laughs> I'm thinking of you. Stay strong. <laughs> Like, I don't know what this, like, victimhood Olympics thing that's going on right now, but it's, like, it's it's insane to have, to be a woman of color mm. and to, like, have that thrown in my face a lot yeah. as, like, oh, well, you got this because you're black and you're Whoa. a woman. Or, or the other side of that, which is, like... You didn't get this not because you're black or a woman, but because you didn't work hard enough. Yeah. So like, so like, mm-hmm. it totally matters when you're getting something good, but it doesn't matter at all when something bad happens. That to makes you. no okay, sense. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense, and that's a unique experience. Like yeah. white men don't deal with those yeah. things. Yeah, for real. And and now to have it have you know like the president say like, oh, it's so hard. We're so persecuted as white men. I'm oh, like, good what Lord. the hell are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, It's like you feel crazy. Like you yeah. literally feel it's like... Yeah. yeah, it's so depressing because like, I think even for the longest time, if they polled like white Americans and even white Brits, like is racism a problem? Most of them, I think a significant proportion would always say, yeah, it is, but it's reverse racism. <gasps> yeah, like as in like, yeah. it's hard to be white now basically, right? Yeah. So um, on Another a compl- moment of silence? Yeah, another moment of silence. Okay. We'll try that. Like, <laughs> yeah, and to get to work. So... Another question I wanted to ask is how has tech impacted comedy in a sense that, you know, now all I ever hear about is what kind of check is Netflix cutting people and stuff like that. I don't know, like when you're touring and you're talking to other comedians, is that kind of a conversation that kind of comes out now where everyone's like, we've got to get on the streaming platforms. Like, have you noticed the shift in, in that direction? I think, yeah. I mean, it's it. what's cool about it is it's like, it used to be, oh, you got to get on this one late night show. Yeah. Now there's eight late night shows yeah. and you can do a Netflix hour. You can do a Netflix half hour. You Amazing. can do a Netflix 15 minutes now. They have 15, 15 minutes wow. specials now. Wow. Yeah. So there's just so much opportunity. So I think that's great. But everybody's still gunning for those things. Yeah. Um, and I think, so tech gives you a lot of opportunity, but there's so many comedians. There's yeah. so much comedy. But we st- I think we still have a problem with um, representation. Oh, I was going to say, because I would love to see you on Netflix. I mean, the most ethnic woman they've got is um, like Cobra. Uh, like, I didn't, I didn't finish watching it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ali Cobra, Ali Cobra. There we go, there we go. I was oh, going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cobra, right, right, right. But, you know, she's pregnant. I mean, it was good. Oh, yeah, whatever. there we go. Ali yeah, yeah. Wong. Ali that's what? it. Yeah. What was it called now? <laughs> I think the name of the special has Cobra in it, but it sounds like you're a huge fan. I it mean, sounds like you are a big fan of her. We're going to blame that on the British Wi-Fi. Just like, 
you know, <laughs> all it wasn't I'm helping us. Is, <laughs> all I'm saying is, like, when I think of my favorite shows, I'm like, Insecure, Atlanta, just like rolls off the tongue. What cool. do they have in common? There are characters I can identify with. Yeah. And the soundtrack's buying in. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Netflix needs huge to do better. Of Insecure. Um, so good. I think my favorite thing about it is, is that it's so unapologetically yes. black. It's mm. like, no, we're not going to have just like, two black people and everybody else is white. It's like, no, every single person and main person that you're going to care about in this um, show is black. I I just love that. You know, we don't have anything like that in the UK. We don't have like any all black cast, Mm -hmm. all black shows that are on like big channels. Yeah, it's trash. I mean, Idris Elba had like a sitcom on Sky. That's why all all the British actors are here. Like, (laughs) and people start to hate on them. They're like, why are all the black British actors taking all the roles? Like, it's like, well, British actors are way better than American actors. (laughs) You're the first person like that I've heard on the state side to actually like not acknowledge that or I don't think it's the case. I don't know if it's the case, but to actually make that point. Most people are like, well, we're just as good here. And like, it's an element of like classism because they'll always say like, oh, the British actors have training. They went to, you know, theater or whatever. Right. And I don't necessarily know how true that is. Is it, is there a differentiation in, in a talent I don't, or is it just, well, I think the problem with America yeah. Yeah. is celebrity. Cool. So I think that, I think in the UK, you can you see theater as mm. a, thi- a craft, a thing that you can do and pursue. And it's almost, it just feels pure. It's almost like comedy in New York versus comedy in LA. Like mm. comedians in LA, a lot of them just want to be actors and they're using comedy as a stepping uh, stone. Whereas in New York, people just want to be comedians. Yeah. Like they, they study comedy and they want to like be stand-up comedians and that's what they want to do. And I feel like... Um, I, I don't want to say like pedigree. Yeah. I don't know what the word is, but craft. like, yeah, it's a craft of just and hundreds of years. I mean, Shakespeare, I mean, like it's just hundreds of years, thousands of years, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know history. It's, but it's a 500 something plus. Yeah, something like yeah, like that. But <laughs> I just feel like they, they study it and they, they think it's a, a, like an, it's in itself is something that's good to pursue versus like, it's a stepping stone to fame and celebrity. That's a really interesting insight. I hadn't really considered that. Yeah. I, I don't know what the future holds though, because um, the, there's a new Harriet Tubman film coming out, and they hired a British Nigerian actress from a bit, mm. and I was just mm. on the Twitter sphere oh, like Johansson was busy. Yeah, basically, right? Oh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to take her job now. Yeah, what are you trying to do? Come on. <laughs> She's inspiring me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So people like there was a few like diaspora wars. People like, oh, like, come on, man. Like, why couldn't we find your like? They already had a British guy doing Martin Luther King in Selma. Like, what's going on? So I'm just oh. I'm just trying to see like what's happening here, but. I struggle with that a lot um, because on the one hand, I'm like, yes, we should have people playing these characters that, that come from that background. But yeah. on the other hand, it's acting. So like, shouldn't you yeah. be able to take on these roles? And I, one thing I loved about Hamilton was like the casting is all crazy. It's all over the place. Mm. These aren't. That's not what those people look like. Mm. I, but I just thought it was, I don't know. So I, I kind of, I'm um, just I get confused about that topic. yeah I'm split down the middle how yeah. do you feel Abba do you um, I, I haven't really formulated an opinion on it I don't care like, you don't really I, mind I don't, I don't think I care I, I think the race thing upsets me and the colorism element upsets yeah. me like I do get upset when light skinned actresses take on the characters of like darker skinned women because so I think Saldana we really need in, um, to address that in the Nina Simone like exactly. biopic they had to like they basically blacked her up like it was kind of really strange yeah. I don't know what they were thinking to be honest so I feel like when, when people with more privilege take away opportunities from people with less privilege maybe then that's, that's the difference issue. with Hamilton is that it actually gave roles to people yes. who wouldn't have normally gotten those roles exactly yeah. which is why I like it um, so I, have a, I know you can't stay for very long so I wanted to ask you a few questions about your relationship with tech I know you don't work in tech anymore but just like as an individual or as a consumer 
we talk a lot about the apps that we enjoy. We talk a lot about like privacy, stuff like that. First question, do you have at home an Alexa or a Google Assistant or anything like that? I have a Google Home. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I say, okay, Google a lot. Aww. And uh, I hate it, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still keeping tabs on you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they like, And they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> and... I always think it's odd when I'm like fighting with my husband and I'm like giving him the silent treatment, but I'm talking to <laughs> talking to them. So I'm like, okay, Google, what's the weather like tomorrow? <laughs> but I'm not talking to you. Oh, oh my god, that is a new dynamic, actually, I right? I didn't think about that. And then Google will be like, oh, I hate when you guys fight. <laughs> but it will get to the stage where it will be able to talk back and really like keep you company. Yeah, and you're gonna be like. I don't need like what I've got there. No disrespect, I've started to mean in general. Like right. most of us will be like, like yeah. yeah, like. But do you yeah. think how how far off are we from that kind of Spike Jones her reality? <sighs> you know, so close Phoenix. to it. I think we're really close to. And what year actually. will someone marry Siri? <laughs> because oh. I think, um, well, I can't speak for everybody, but I just feel like this real relationships take so much work and yeah. effort and time mm. but the idea that you could have a voice that is just telling you everything that you want to hear and you really mm. truly connect with it and that's yeah. all you really need mm. I think people are going to really be into that yeah. oh, not wow. too distant future I agree what's so interesting about that is um, who's seen Darknet you know Darknet <clears throat> it's like Black Mirror but mm-hmm. like real life and in the first and only episode I've watched of it. Um, they interview- you really get into stuff. Yeah, you really like yes, binge watching and like <laughs> focus, like <laughs> the worst Netflix person ever. Like my sister will just read like the review of a movie and she'll talk like about that. it like she's seen it, but oh, she hasn't Lord. even seen it. And I'm like, Charmaine, did you actually see that? And she's like, No, I just read the review. It's like reading the back of a, it's like reading That's the back like of a book. I have an argument with you based on a headline. I read. <laughs> like- a headline. No, but in this episode of Darknet, they interview a guy in Japan who um, is obsessed with his Nintendo DS game, which is like mm-hmm. a, his girlfriend, basically. And his mom comes over and she's like, oh, you know, why don't you like, you know, start dating? And he's like, I am dating. In fact, I'm going on a date. And he like storms <laughs> out. And he's like on a train riding out to like the countryside and he's like holding up his Nintendo DS screen to it. And then he goes to a meetup with other guys mm-hmm. that are also in love with their Nintendo DS, like, mm-hmm. you know, Tamagotchi, but woman kind of person. And that's already like pretty, pretty real. So, I was going to yeah. say they, they must be very sticky, but that's a, that's a not a PG <laughs> oh joke. We might cut that one. We might cut that. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> well, they could, they could merge with flashlights. Uh, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think on. we need to work on our comedy. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I we we're, some, we're like trying to up our game. Yeah, we're trying to up our game. Yeah. This has happened to you a lot, actually, where people like are around you. So they're like, she's a comedian. I've got to like... Be funny. Be funny. Or are they like, you be funny now. Make me laugh. That's what they do. Okay, cool, and I yeah. hate, I'd, I'd much <laughs> rather you try to make a joke and like we uh, laugh okay. about you trying to make a joke <laughs> than me trying to be like, I did that. I had was on a podcast yesterday. They were like, okay, say something funny. Literally say uh, something funny. And I was like, no. What about your favorite apps or like other tech that you and your husband use around the home? Like, are there any things that you're either addicted to or like are super useful to you or maybe a recommendation you want to share? I make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the hang um, of this. <laughs> yeah, I have these p- a pair of like um, nail clippers that I really Ooh. like. Uh. Um, super high tech now. Um, <laughs> I have to just say, like, I just have the. I'm I'm just addicted to Twitter. That's all I oh, use. Yeah. I'm just addicted to it, and I'm on it all the time. Um, I love Twitter too. So 
my husband and I both have like Android phones. Um, Loyalty. Pixel 2, 3? Pixel whatever. I don't okay. even know what Pixel it is. But I'm addicted. Like the, the swiping to type is um, really cool. Oh, because they bought SwiftKey. Did they? I don't know. I'm Apple, I don't know any you, of like, that. Is... drag your finger along instead yeah, of yeah, yeah, not trying that? Pretty pretty addicted to that. But oh, wow. I do miss my iPhone. I've only had this uh, phone for like a year. So I, I kind of miss it. But um, Did Hobby, was Hobby like get rid of it? <laughs> was Hobby like get rid of it the iPhone or was it he- yeah he was kind of encouraging me yeah because he still he still works at Google so oh, is that a faux pas to walk around Google with an iPhone just be like hello no it's not oh. no they they very much encourage like everyone to have all different kinds of phones because they want to make sure everything works on everything oh, okay. you know interesting. so uh, yeah. that's interesting I got a funny story actually at uni like Microsoft sponsored a lot of our like labs and someone representative from Microsoft came to the office and we were all on our Macs and they were like to put away our Macs now whoa, we, were like, whoa. we were like what do you want me to do like it's here like where am I going to yeah. put it anyways that was it really <laughs> and then he's like where are their laptops uh, yeah where are their laptops we just stand here in silence like and talk but anyways um, so what is the process actually of you know how does a comedy bit get created because mm-hmm. I often hear comedians talk about you know formulating a bit yeah and you know as a layperson, I always thought like yeah you just say something and it's funny like, but obviously it, there's a lot more craft yeah. as I mentioned earlier yeah. so how does that process go so for me it usually starts with like a thought or an observation that I have yeah. and sometimes I'll figure out a way to get it on Twitter just to see like um, what the response yeah, yeah. exactly love it um, <laughs> I stole that from The Onion actually because I saw a talk with um, someone from The Onion and that's how they would kind of try out um, their article ideas before uh, they actually wrote the article they would smart. just write the headline tweet the headline and if that got enough retweets and likes then they would write the article and wow. so like I thought oh that's so cool and it's so easy to just tweet something out so why not just do it so so sometimes I'll do that um, or just like write it in a note if I want to keep it to myself. And then I'll um, work on it a little bit, little bit longer. Um, and then I'll go to an open mic and just kind of try it out. Mm. Um, and it takes a long time, actually, mm. to really figure out the best way to um, attack something like... I was working on this joke about being Jamaican and how everyone's always asking me to do the accent. <laughs> um, and so like... You oh, know, you're actually Jamaican, right? Yes. Okay, cool. sorry. No, I was like, this is going to get real offensive in a minute yeah. now. Like, but okay, cool. Just clarifying. No, yeah, I wouldn't just randomly make that I was thinking up, like, you know? I was like, okay, sorry. Carry what on. a weird thing to just say. <laughs> just <laughs> see if people will remind, rem- like actually believe me. Um, yeah, so I was just working on that and just trying to figure out how to how, like t- tag that. Like one tag I had was like, I don't go up to gay people and say, do the accent, you know, like yeah. gay people yeah. have an accent. But <laughs> I love that. I, I was trying to come up with something about how, like, when you do have an accent, people mm. are like, I can't understand you. Yeah. But then with me, they're like, yeah, man. Like, they just want to start saying, like, <laughs> you know, one, one. You know, they just want to start saying all that stuff. And I'm like, no. Why? Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Uh, have you seen um, that Brad Pitt film where he does the most horrendous. <gasps> Snatch. No, no, it's like, it's, where he's um, a, meet Joe Black. Yeah, meet Joe Black. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And he's, he's just like, yeah. Oh. Is he Jamaican in we're, that? <sighs> We're both just cringing right Wait, now, even thinking about name? it. So he's basically like the Grim Reaper, kind oh. of, but he's, he's Brad Pitt, right? And he's yeah. in a hospital when there's an elderly Jamaican lady. And she's like, I don't even, I'm going to have to do an impersonation now no, to explain the scene in the film. She's like, Obia, Obia. And he's like, uh, it, <laughs> then he's like, because Obia means like, are you a devil? Are you a demon spirit? And he's yeah. like, he basically at the end, he's like, everything's going to be iry, basically. And he just, I had to do it. Everyone's cringing stop, right in front of me. Yeah, like, I was like, no, no more. Just imagine Brad Pitt Say, saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah I think it recently went like not viral but it kind of got surfaced through service on Twitter Twitter is amazing for these kind of things and yeah. we were like do you remember the time Brad Pitt 
tried to do this. No. Wow. Was it worse than Leonardo DiCaprio African accent in Blood Diamonds? That wasn't bad, that though. Wasn't that, bad. Really? that wasn't that oh, bad. Oh, oh, but actually, but you spent a lot of time mm. on the continent, so maybe to your ear, you're like, hell no. I was like, like, no. I mean, I guess it could go worse, but yeah. how different audiences respond to your content. Mm. So um, I was reading your blog. If you haven't checked out her blog, please do. It's hilarious. I like. Was, I also like send them to my other like women f- colleagues because we are a minority in our organization. And like a lot of the things that you joke about like literally happen every day. Mm-hmm. And they're the things that I feel that we only notice and like in solidarity, like share with each other. And the guys are like, oh, what? Um, but yeah, um, do you find that, let's say an audience with like more women in it, mm-hmm is like more responsive just because they like get it. And like there's still a few guys who kind of get a bit defensive when you kind of maybe are like, oh. yeah, there, yeah, there's some <laughs> of that. I mean, I've, I've, I've already gotten hate mail from just no. the title of the book. Wow. Um, the book's not even out yet. The title's so. hilarious. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> hate mail on the title. Yeah. That hate- just shows why the book needs to happen. It's going to sell though. Yeah. Controversy right. sells. Right. You Controversy must have been like, sells. yes. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's beginning, it's starting. Uh-oh. This was like months ago, and I was Whoa. like, it's really, it's like it's not even, you know, being promoted yet. But um, yeah, so there's there's some of that, and I um, the nine non-threatening leadership strategies for women, which is the post that the book is based on. Yes, somebody told me that um, like a senior male person at a company shared that with a bunch of women in a Slack as, mm. like, ad- real advice. Oh, my God. And that, God. right, scared the hell out of me. No. Because, like, I really don't want... I really want people to know that this is a joke and wow. that it's not real advice very, very much. Like, with 100 Tricks to Appear Smart Meetings, I was like, okay, if you want to take it as real advice, fine, yeah. whatever. You're just going to look kind of stupid. But this, I'm like, no, this is That's very terrifying. much, like, don't do these things. And I want women to be who they are no matter what and I don't want them to change how they talk in order to like appease people and so yeah I mean wow. it definitely people get the joke and yeah. some people don't get the joke and that's just it's, gonna happen what's so funny though is because you know I've always watched comedy growing up and I've also had to like watch people say things like women comedians aren't funny mm-hmm. and stuff like that and because we live in patriarchy, we basically have to learn how to like laugh at ourselves and like take abuse all the time and kind of like normalize it and laugh it off. And you kind of play to that in um, in this blog post, you know, how to respond to sexual sexist, harassment yeah, and sexist yeah. remarks in a mm-hmm. non-threatening way. Laugh it off mm-hmm. as opposed to confronting it. And I've certainly found that as well. Like, let's say I go do a talk about like my career experiences. The, the first few times I ever spoke, I spoke to groups of women and like, everyone would like laugh or like nod or be like, yeah. And then I remember doing like one really popular talk that I do about, yeah, finding your true motivations at work at a Google campus event, which was like 80% guys. And like all of the points when people would normally like laugh or just like two or three giggles, like (laughs) guys just looking quizzically at each other. Like, I don't get what she's talking about. Oh, Um, Here's the other thing with women, which take it or leave it. But like, we also, um, will pretend to laugh at things that aren't that funny. Like like yes. what you were basically just saying. Yeah, my girlfriend. She does that a lot for me. For you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, men, you men, even with other men, they don't want anyone to think that they're funny. Yeah. So that they don't they hold in their laughter a lot. Like I've been, <laughs> I went to an open mic the other day and like it was so obvious that the, the guy in the audience thought the guy on stage was funny, but he was like holding it back. What? Like he didn't want to uh, like, he didn't want to give him the pleasure of thinking that he was funny. Oh my god. 
God, that's so sad. That's ridiculous. No, that is the and definition of toxic masculinity. Women want men to think that they're funny. So if you make yeah. a joke, even if it's not that funny, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna kind of laugh at it. And I feel like that also leads to the perception that men think they're really funny when oh actually we, we're God. faking it a yeah. lot of the time. <laughs> just another thing we have to fake <laughs> for your egos. Yeah. That's so interesting because I remember being at Edinburgh Festival once. Oh. I don't know if you've done that yet. No, I want to. Okay, great. Yeah. As soon as you do, let us know because I'll be there. Yeah. And there was this like comedian that we saw and like no one was laughing and it was just like this really weird kind of physical humor thing and I felt so sorry for him I just started like laughing and then my friend was like that's so obviously a pity laugh like that's actually worse but I was just like I just can't so you're so right it was like my empathy bells were just ringing and I was like I have to laugh like this is like a car crash so I can totally relate to that yeah um, I'm wary of the time. Yeah, um, you have to run. Do you want to like? When's it book coming out? Like, yes, and plug time. See you. Shameless yeah, plug time. Follow you. The book is coming out October 30th, mm. nice. but you can pre-order it right now. So Woo. please go to Amazon or Indie Books or wherever you want to buy books and pre-order it. Um, yeah, and then go to sarahcpr.com and all my events are on there, so you can see where you can see me if you want to see me. Do that right now, people. Yes. Understand it. Follow her. <laughs> order the book. Open that app. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having thank us. You. This is awesome. New York broadcast. Thank you so much. You really appreciate it. Our great co-host. Yay.